and welcome to the Clutch Tennis Podcast. Um, this week we will be joined by Luke. Um, he has just entered the room, so um, bear with whilst he... There we go. Hello, Luke. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm all right, thank you. Um, I've just been watching some some American football and getting very disgruntled at the Kansas City Chiefs, but that's a different sport and probably for a different podcast. Um, so anyway, uh, this week uh, we follow on from our kind of 2022 preview um, by sort of the, the first couple of events of the, the run-up to the Australian Open. Uh, lots still to be decided. Will Will Djokovic appear in any of these events or the Aussie Open itself? Um, and who's going to strike some form before the event? So the main events that we have, we're a couple of matches into the uh, the ATP Cup. Uh, so the event where obviously lots of nations take their best players to, to sort of compete. Um, and then we have the ATP events in Adelaide and Melbourne. Um, so obviously all in Australia um, and all on the, the relatively quick outdoor hard acrylic courts there. Uh, midsummer at their end, so very, very hot climate. Um, we don't really have much of a recap uh, for this week, so normally I'd be handing over to, to Luke to go over a bit of what we discussed previously, but there's no real need. Only thing to say is that we did poi, uh, put out a, uh, a little tweet uh, on our at Serving Up Clutch Twitter page um, about the ATP Cup match, Di Menor versus Berrettini. Uh, the injured Berrettini lost in straights to Di Menor, meaning that my uh, two-to-one tip that I came up with uh, came in came in successful, so we'll obviously add that to the recap next week. Um, so we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, to be honest, it's it's probably easiest actually, Luke. If you want to run through the format of of how our podcasts are going to go from here on out, if you... okay. So um, well, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think it's keeping relatively um, the same format as as last year. We um, Maybe chat about the the events in general, um, or events plural in in this case, and will be the case in most weeks. Um, any any in, intriguing first round matches that may, maybe we we don't want to necessarily bet on, but will be interesting to watch and interesting to analyze. Um, and then we'll get into our, as per usual, our, our accumulators, um, and our outright picks and our wild cards. But um, one one thing that will change is that. Um, Every week, me, Charlie, and uh, and Jack the appears are gonna choose um, a tipsy pass of the week. We've <laughs> we've decided to call it, which is a uh, one one match we highlighted that, in our view, does not lose. And we're going to be keeping track of this throughout the year. Um, you know, seeing how how successful we are, you know, against the bookies and also against ourselves. So it's a bit of a bit of an internal competition. Yeah, and um, obviously the name was was a long discussion as to what we're going to call this tip of the week. Uh, but yeah, t- tipsy pass in in light of my least favourite tennis player, Stefano Tsitsipas. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for that, Luke. So that is basically how things are going to go. Um, I think generally we're going to try and have a little bit more of a uh, back and forth chat about the, the events and, and what they actually are, rather than necessarily just spieling through our kind of picks, if you will. Um, but that is, in a nutshell, how it's going to go. Um, so this week, uh, as I've already outlined, we have our feeder events for the Aussie Open. Um, but the ATP Cup has already already started. So I thought this week we might actually start with a bit of a discussion just to how that's going. I mean, obviously, we are going to talk about an outright pick for the ATP Cup. So it's um, it's probably not a bad time to have a chat about what we've seen so far. And I think 
a good starting point is always how is how is Team GB getting on and uh, a pretty pretty big win over over Germany and I think you I saw snippets of the Zverev match this morning it looked like he was continuing his form from last year but it looked like a pretty impressive Nori performance um, but I didn't actually unfortunately catch any of the the Evans match or the doubles um, I was actually out playing tennis myself um, so uh, did you manage to catch any of them Luke? I watched a bit of the doubles and it was it was very impressive, I have to say. Um a, a bit surprising that um they left world number three, Joe Salisbury, on the bench. I, I don't know if it was fitness or, or tactical, but um but yeah, it was Jamie Murray and Dan Evans in the end and they, they did very well. Sverev didn't look didn't look great, not going uh, uh not gonna lie. His uh, his volume was pretty poor. Um was just he was just everywhere really you know get, getting to so many balls he made an outrageous sort of behind the back get and then Zverev fluffed the the put away um so yeah very, very encouraging doubles performance and it'll be interesting to see if they they stick with that pairing going forward yeah and um I mean I think the depth is what helps helps GB having always we we always have done and always will do have a good doubles pair I think um as a nation and it's just yeah we we lack that kind of big names but equally, um, looking at a lot of the other nations, I think the only really big names that I can see are Zverev, who we've already taken care of now by beating Germany, um, and uh, Medvedev. And to be quite frank, Russia are not a team to be worried about, given that uh, their number two is Safi Willen, uh, who is not, not amazing. He's a challenger player at best. Um, and uh, they don't really, they, well, they do have doubles players, but they're not, not high calibre. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be putting the the Russians down as the force that they would normally be either. So I do think that the floor is pretty open now. What do you think, Luke, about Spain? Because their prospects something that really interests. Yeah, well, they're always they're always pretty handy at um, you know team competitions. Their their depth has always been very impressive, and um, you know they've obviously had the dog for the last fifteen years which is obviously a massive help. Um, he's not here, but they still got uh, Bautista Agu and Karenu Booster, two, two very accomplished singles players. Um, I don't know who they've got in the doubles, actually, but Karenu Booster is a, a good doubles player, so I imagine he'll be playing. Um, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Karenu Booster is actually, um, he's actually won a Masters doubles title, hasn't he? Possibly, he might be. He might be right here, um, but yeah, I, I I think they've got a decent chance. But um, but Batista Gu, I'm just not sure how he's, um, you know, where he's at at the moment. I I don't remember how he did in his first match. Oh yes, sorry, he he, he beat Garen quite quite easily, but that was that was to be expected. Um, but yeah, they're they're probably the favourites. I look and they're they're the bookies' favourites, so. So, yeah, I think they've got a good chance. Yeah, so for me, I, I don't know if I make them favourites. I know the bookies have, obviously, but um, it's the fact that they have, much like a GB scenario, two very, very accomplished players, um, both of which have been around the top 20, top 30 for, for a number of years, know how to win against some of the bigger names. Um, yes, again, they lack that very, very strong number one, but um, most teams do at the moment. Um, 
and so therefore I think that they have a they have a great chance um for me not not my personal favorite team I don't think but uh but they're right up there so I think what we'll what we'll do now is um unless there's anything else that you want to mention from the ATP Cup Luke No, just adding on to what you say about the the teams. There's no, I think, last year. I well, I I know I remember backing Russia myself to win the ATP Cup, and it was pretty. I mean, they 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 were pretty dominant, to be honest, just because they had a very strong number one and, and a very strong number two as well. But I don't think there's, apart from apart from Italy, who've got Berrettini and Sinner, uh, there's no one with you know a, an, an elite number one, let's say, and and still a very very good number two. And there's, you know, a lot, a lot of questions over Berrettini's fitness. He lost to Dimonor and Italy have, you know, they've lost their first match. So they might not even make it out of the group. Yeah. So um, actually, whilst we're on the topic of the ATB Cup, given it is in play, um, we might as well just say what our, what our picks are. And I'm happy to open up on that one um, and say that I've actually gone for, for my outright there as, um, as Great Britain. I, I think based on what I've literally just said um, in that uh, we, we have a, a, a strong team, we have a strong doubles pair, which is so vital when you're playing these uh, effectively best of three shootouts um, in, in this kind of team format. Um, and we have uh, therefore a number two who is equally as good, if not better than, than near enough every other nations. There's no reason that um, uh, Dan Evans wouldn't be able to take, let's say Carreño booster right to the wire, for example. Um, so, so for me, eleven to two are the odds on that for Great Britain, and they they're my pick, and that's not biased at all. Actually, I don't think this time um, I'm not really that invested in the ATP Cup. I just think that that GB have a, have a yeah, Rule Britannia. Um, I've I've also gone for Great Britain. I I found them at, at six to one actually, um, and yeah, I mean we've, I mean our, our number one Norrie is. You know, as, as as we alluded to in our um, in the other podcast we did, he's, he's going to struggle against the the huge names. But for the sites that do have the huge names, their their number two's weak. So you'd expect Evans to to mop up there. Um, and as, as you say, we're, we're very strong in doubles. So um, I mean, USA and Canada will, will both be tough. Um, We've got so it's Evans against Chapo is, you know, you make, you make Chapo favourite, but Evans has got a chance there. Norrie v Felix is probably fifty fifty. Um, so yeah, I, I was going to jump in there and say if we just have a, a little talk about that group, actually, as you say, um, Canada, I, I make us fairly strong favourites. I, I do think that Norrie would beat. Um, Felix and I actually do think that Evans would beat um, uh, is, is it Shapovalov sorry they've got at number two yeah it is yeah but he, he didn't play the first match yeah, um, so I, quite honestly I can see GB winning both of those um, and I think we'd be heavy favourites if it came down to a double so, um, so I, I don't think that Canada are going to be too much of a problem for us um, and uh, USA Fritz um, and Isner, I believe. And obviously, USA always have a couple of accomplished couples players about. Um, so, yeah, USA yeah, are tricky. You could see that Fritz would be able to beat Norrie. Um, he's done it a couple of times in the past in the head-to-heads. Um, and uh, and Isner is, is a tricky, tricky fella. 
But um, I'd, I'd be potentially making Norrie and Evans favourite again for both of those matches. Um, it's not, not beyond the realms. So I think getting out of the group... Oh, be... I would, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think... Get... For those. Yeah, I don't think getting out of the group is going to be going to be too tricky. So yeah, in agreement there. Um, Great Britain. And you found odds of six to one. So that's interesting. So now what we'll do is we'll we'll go through the rest of our kind of selections. The outrights for the other two events, uh, maybe a, an accumulator, as we say, and um, tip of the week and wild cards. So I'll, I'll leave you, Luke, to, to go on through yours to start and then, then I'll follow on. Sure, I'll I'll start with my accumulator and I'll I'll start with the ATP Cup. So I've, I've picked two matches from that group actually, but not involving Great Britain. I've gone for um, Alex Rev to beat Taylor Fritz at one to four. Um, one thing to be wary of here is Fritz has beaten him a couple of times, but I just think he's, he's Fritz is going to have to produce such a high level to to beat Zverev. I I, I didn't see Zverev in his first match, but um, obviously, obviously got the win against Norrie. Second set was looked pretty straightforward. Um, I mean, they 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 both got good serves. Zverev's serves is, is slightly better, um, and Zverev's definitely a better returner. <clears throat> so I think if Fritz is going to have a chance, he's going to have to serve great. Um, but even if he does, I think Zverev's going to get chances to break, um, and I think he'll be fine there. Um, and then the other singles match in that tie, I've got Isner to beat Struff at one to two. Um, I watched Isner against uh, he's playing Braden Schnur, who you know is, is not a very um, not not a big name, obviously. Um, he's out, outside the top two hundred in the rankings, but I was I was very impressed. He won six one six three, um, broke his serve four times. He was he was moving well. He's you know getting his forehand in, into play often, which is you know how he can hurt you, and he's he's being you know, imposing. He's he's coming in and putting volleys away, which is when he's at his best, really, I think. Um, Struff, however, will not come into this with much confidence. He um, got hammered 6-1, 6-2 by Dan Evans. Um, and now that Germany lost that first match, there's a lot of pressure on him uh, going to this, but there's slightly less on USA because they won their first. Um, we look at the matchup. Isner's dominates it um, for love. And every time he's broken, Struff serves multiple times. Um, so I think there's a lot going for Isner in this matchup. Um, moving to the 250s, I have Alex Bolt to beat Juan Manuel Serendolo at 4-11. to uh, That one's in Adelaide. Um, Alex Bolt um, thrives in Australia, really. Um, he gets the majority of his wins on the tour um, in, in this month in Australia and on the month surrounding the... Uh, the grass courts in the UK. Um, yeah, he, he, he just really enjoys the, the quick conditions. Serendolo is a, he's a pure clay quarter, really. Um, this is actually his first um, ATP match on hard, if you exclude the, the next-gen finals. And I just think Bolt's going to be far too clever for him um, on this occasion and should get, should get the win fairly easily. Um, next up, I've got Kevin Anderson to beat Hami Munar at 4-9. to nine. That's in Melbourne. Um, and he's, he's going to get a lot of cheap points from his serve and you know, serve big forehand combo. Um, 
And Munar's serve's pretty weak. I think he's he's going to get chances to break, despite not being a great returner himself. Um, and I just think, you know, unless he drops an absolutely horrific serving performance, I think um, he should he should get through there without much trouble. And then uh, <clears throat> the final pick of my accumulator, my tipsy pass of the week, is Mackenzie McDonald to beat Peter Goyewicz uh, at four to nine in Melbourne. Uh, McDonald loves uh, loves quick conditions. Um, coming back off a, a great year where he won the, the Comeback Player of the Year award uh, from the ATP Tour. Um, I just think he's, he's going to make way too many balls for, for Goyewicz, who's erratic at the best of times. He's come off, uh, he's lost his last six matches. Um, going back to last year, obviously, played horrendously against Dan Evans in the ATP Cup. Uh, sorry, Davis Cup, that is, um, in November. And he's, he's going to do what he, he does best, which is counter-punch and, and put Goywich in, in awkward spots and, and force errors. Um, and in their only meeting, which was on clay, McDonald's worst surfaces, surface, he, uh, he got the win 6-1-6-2. So I think it's going to be a routine for win for McDonald. So I'll just recap quickly. Um, so I've got Zverev at 1-4, Isner at 1-2, Bolt at four to eleven, Anderson at four to nine, and McDonald at four to nine, combining to give returns of four point three three to one. Okay, um, I'll, I'll I'll rattle through through mine then. Um, did you didn't go through your your outrights, did you, Luke? No, I, I thought... I'd... Yeah, no, that, that's fine. Um, so, uh, to be honest, it probably won't take me too long to go through mine because we had a, a few overlaps there. Obviously, Alex Bolt, um, as you discussed. Um, I, I don't see him losing that match, uh, quite honestly. Uh, Serendolo, um, very, very heavy heavy spin, quite loopy shots off, off both wings, actually. He's very accustomed to clay. Great mover on clay. Can't say I've seen much of him on a hard court, but I'd be very, very surprised if his... Uh, if his game acclimatizes well, he'd actually fallen off a little bit on the Challenger Tour after winning the uh, the actual ATP 250 event, winning his first uh, title. Um, and he, he went through a bit of a rough patch in form. Uh, he actually found that again towards the back end of last year. But um, Alex Bolt, he's a tricky player. He he utilizes the net well. Um, and I think against somebody who, who doesn't rip the cover off the ball, um, hits relative height on the ball, as I say, it gives time for somebody to come in behind it. Uh, I don't, I don't see him losing that. So um, I think that was four to eleven. Um, I have, uh, I have Laszlo Gera, um to beat Carbaez Baena. Um, now, both of these guys, once again, they're they're clay clay players. Really, um, they don't really pick up a great amount of points on other surfaces. But something I noticed at the, again, kind of back end of last year was that Gera seemed to be coming more comfortable on the hard courts. He was taking players close. I think it was the US. He took uh, Ketchmanovic uh, to five, perhaps, at the US Open. I think it might have been. Um, and, uh, and, and I was really impressed. Uh, I think he strikes the ball bigger than Carbias Baena. Um, and I think those odds for, for a matchup where both people are kind of coming from the same, same background but one of which is maybe a slightly better mover on the hard and one of which is a slightly better better ball striker. Four to six, Laszlo Gier to beat Carbaez Bainia. That's It's in my accumulator. Um, 
I've I've got Alex Zverev, same as you, uh, one to four to beat Taylor Fritz. Uh, the head-to-head obviously is slightly disconcerting when you look at it, but you've got to remember um, these guys knew each other from way back when, which always adds a little bit of a different dynamic to the to the matchup. Um, equally, uh, I, I think Zverev is a completely different player in these last six or twelve months compared to what he was in some of the earlier matchups. Granted, Fritz is actually one of the most recent losses that that Zverev has had. Um, I, I think it might have been Indian Wells that he beat him, um, and it was in three sets, so it was it was a tight old affair. But I think one to four, the form that Zverev's in, the way he's hitting his serves to get out of trouble, yep, he might suffer a little bit if Fritz really turns on the afterburners on some of these forehands and um, and has a great serving performance. But you gotta you gotta make Zverev more than a one to four favorite there, I'd say. Um, another overlap we have uh, Kevin Anderson two to five. Uh, quick, hard courts, uh, fast, hot, hot conditions. Anderson's going to be ripping the cover off the ball. The ball is going to be flying big, especially on those serves coming down from such a height. Minyar's, uh, let's call him vertically challenged. He doesn't quite have the same skill set. He is slightly of the uh, the brand of kind of modern clay quarters, where he does he hits a very very large amount of RPM, very fast racket head speed. But um, he's he sits so far deep in the court that he's he's not going to cause many problems. He has a nice ability to come in actually, uh, Munyar, but I don't think that's going to be uh, up for debate really when Kevin Anderson's not giving him the chance to. It's going to be a case of it's all on Anderson's racket and where is Anderson at. But I, I think those are pretty good odds on him. Um, and my uh, my tipsy pass of the week is um, is, is Ivashka, Ilya Ivashka. Um, to beat Richard Gasquet. Now, again, quick outdoor hard courts. Uh, we're, we're looking at one of the most improved players, arguably, if not the most improved player, when you actually put it into perspective, uh, from last year on tour. Uh, Ivashka had a huge number of big results, uh, picking up rounds at most of the slams. Uh, it might even be all the slams, I'm not sure. Went deep into the uh, the US at the back end of the year, I believe it was. Um, and he's just been generally really impressive. Um, I think he he won. Uh, was it Nurse Sultan? Was it at the back end, Luke? Do you remember? I think it was Winston Salem. Winston Salem. Okay, fine. Um, I know he, he he made the final in Kazakhstan. I just can't remember whether or not he actually won that event or not. But I think I think he might have done. Uh, I think he beat Quan in the final actually. Um, but uh, but don't don't quote me on that. Anyway, uh, that's just kind of to emphasise that the year he had, going from a relative challenger player, to be honest, to beating household top twenty names. So I I think Ivashka is a is a huge talent. To outline a bit about his game style, big serve, although can sometimes go off the boil there. So don't expect him to go through the whole match without getting broken. Um, but it's his his newfound ability to actually continue in rallies to make that extra ball. Um, yeah, he normally plays off the front foot, huge forehand, uh, backhand, a bit so-so, but he, he can still hit it pretty flat. He's a big chap. I think he comes in at six foot five. Um, so that, that's what you're getting with Ivashka. You know you're getting a big hitter, but now with that added capability of making a couple of extra balls, I, I'd put him in the same category, obviously not quite as accomplished, but as, as a Thomas Burdich type, really. Um, and I think that's a that's a big accolade to say that about near enough anyone. So tread carefully if you bet against Ivashka this year. Um, but Ivashka to beat Gasquet. Gasquet on the other side, uh, veteran of the game. Who knows where his body's going to be at at the start of this year. 
very, very clean ball striker, which does serve a problem when you play someone like Ivashka. It does mean that the, the matchup's not necessarily perfect. Uh, if Gasquet starts cleaning uh, balls, then then granted he's going to utilise the pace that Ivashka gives him. But if, if Ivashka uses his head, puts it into the space, I don't think that the wheels of, of Gasquet are going to really take him to the ball at that kind of pace, especially on these, these quick surfaces. So for me, that's my tip of the week. Uh, just to recap, that was Ivashka to beat Gasquet 1-3. Okay, that brings my five-fold accumulator, Zier, Ivashka, Bolt, Zverev and Anderson to 4.3 to 1. Um, so I think that's that's pretty good odds, really, for, for that. I'm quite quite happy. Um, and I'm just going to, whilst I'm on a bit of a roll here, going to carry on and talk about my outrights. Now, we we outlined earlier that, well, me and Luke did, that there's no no odds available on the market currently for, for Melbourne. I think that's because the, the qualifying events there have literally only just finished. So they're, they're currently popping the qualifiers into the, the empty spaces. But... Um, We'll we'll talk over our, our kind of Adelaide um, outright and uh, our wild cards. I think so. For me, my my outright and, and wild card come on the same half of the draw, and I had a I had a deep look at the draw really to to see what I thought was was value in in Adelaide, and um, I was surprised by some of the odds. Uh, the bottom half of the draw is a really really mixed quality, but there's only really two names there that I think have potential to, to cause damage. Now, my favourite is actually going to be the favourite for the whole event, which is Karen Kachanov. But odds of 5-1. to one. Now, his half of the draw, as I say, there's there's no big names in it. There's no no big seeds. Um, and I, again, he's got a good game style for this kind of quick surface, really. Um, he, he always plays front foot aggressive uh, tennis, kind of stepping inside the baseline. Uh, and I think as long as he's not coming up against someone who's going to really take it to him, he's he's going to dominate. Um, each way on that is is a great shout, uh, as I say, given that his half of the draw is is the weaker side. Um, and therefore, my my wild card comes in that same half, and it's uh, it's Martin Fuksovic um, at eleven to one. Now, again, eleven to one, and each way bet is is pretty good, given that I think that one of these two is making the final. Uh, you bet on both of those each way, and you, you're making a profit. Um, so let's just talk. I think it would be a quarterfinal meet between Fuksovic and uh, Kachanov. Correct me if I'm wrong again, but um, I, I think that was what I saw earlier. And um, Fuksovic is a dark horse. He's such an all-round player who has underperformed. And I think, Luke, you'd agree with that. Uh, Fuksovic is he's an enigma. He's got all the weapons, but he just cannot seem to put it together in the big moments on the big stage. But this isn't a big moment, and it's not a big stage. It's a warm-up event, and I think most of the players will be treating it that way. So as long as he comes in with decent motivation, I see no reason why he's not going to go to to the quarters. And that's where he faces, most likely, uh, Karen Kachanov, who I think will only have actually had to play one match to get there um, due to the fact that he will have a bye through the first round. So it's, it's pretty darn likely that we're going to see that as a as a quarterfinal match. Um, that means one of those two is making the semis and they will be favourite, either one of those, to, to win whatever semi comes up their way. Could be anybody in the draw um, on that half and either of those guys, to me, would be favourite. So that's my logic there behind my outright and my wild card. And I think for once, I've actually been quite clever about it. So um, I'll, I'll hand that over to you now, Luke, to see if you have any different thoughts. 
yeah no a, a lot of a lot of similar thoughts there um i for my outright i've gone for the top seed which is Gamewell feast um odds of 11 to 2 so the, the second favorite in the bookie behind catching off um I, I think he showed a lot of promise at, at the back end of last year. He didn't go, you know, really deep anywhere, but he, he he was picking up wins regularly, which is a good sign that he's getting back to where you know the, the levels that we know he can play. Um, and his his draw's pretty kind. I mean, the the field for this event is is a bit uninspiring. Um, he's got a buy, then he's got the winner of seven dollar v bolt, hopefully bolt. Um, and then the other seed in his quarters, Tommy Paul. I mean, there's TFO in that half as well, who you know could, could cause him some problems, but no one else really. I, I'm, I, 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 I think he'll be fine. I, I think he should make the final. Um, and then my wild card, I've gone the same as you. I've gone for Vuksovic at uh, eleven to one. Um, for the for the reasons. Uh, for reasons you said, he he is an enigma. He um, he's, he's got it all really. He's he's so talented. He just doesn't quite have the consistency in in his results, which means his his ranking's not um, as high as, as maybe it should be. Um, his draw's pretty kind. He's got a qualifier, then either Marja or a qualifier, and then as you say, catching off probably. And yeah, the the the, the winner of that would be firm favourite to get to the final as. You know, it would be either like Chilich or or National Jair or Mute maybe, but um, I'd, I'd back Fuchsovic to win that if, if he got there. And I think eleven to one is, is is a pretty decent price. So he's my one. Yep. So so yeah. Uh, obviously, come with Fuchsovic there. I think obviously, let's just say we were putting those on ourselves. I think the only danger with the way you've gone is one in each half means that if you're going each way, um, yeah, you've you've got a good chance. Um, you, you'd hope maybe one of them might, but Fuxovic isn't necessarily the favourite in the bottom half. Um, and therefore, if Monfils flops, let's say, um, you you are you're in trouble a little bit there. Um, I think just the, the approach that I necessarily put forward there, kind of, I think, barring a big shock, safety nets and profit. Um, and if obviously it's Fuxovic in the end, then obviously it's a it's a big profit. If it's catching off, then it's a pretty small one. But it's it's a, it's a safety net nonetheless. Um, so anyway, I, I agree with lots of what you said there. I don't I don't like Monfils. I don't think just yeah, I'm still not sure where he's at, and I've never been sure with Monfils when it comes to sort of feeder events. I don't think he cares that much. Um, he's not one of these people who really gives a toss about getting a rhythm. So um, it it'll be. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be a really good event. It's a shame we can't really discuss too much into the into the Melbourne event, really, because that's a it's got some really big names in it. It's got Murray. It's got uh, Kyrgios. It's it's got lots of lots of fire that draw. Um, yeah, Natal. Yeah, it's I can't believe I admitted Natal. Jesus. Um, I'm just. I was more fixated on the fact that Kyrgios is making his return after vowing that he was retiring from tennis. So. Um, God knows what's going to go on there. Um, and I think it'll be really, really fun to see where where is Murray at? Where is he at? Because I think he's, as we outlined in the last podcast, got a great chance this year to, to go big, go deep in lots and lots of events. So 
let's let's see how that goes um anyway i think that kind of brings us to the end of of the podcast for this week um it was just touching obviously upon upon the, the three big events happening um i think it'll be easier to, to give a little bit more analysis come come next week after we know just where these where these guys are at um i believe we have one more week i think it is of feeder events followed by a brief gap and then the start of the aussie open do you do you know if that's correct, Luke? Yeah, so I'm pr- I'm pretty sure next week there's there's two two more ATP 250s and then then straight into the deals are open next week. Yeah. But I, I think they'll they'll end on the Saturday, so there's there's a day off even if you make the final. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and uh, and yeah, so so that'll be that'll be really interesting uh, to kind of have a little bit of a catch up after that. Um, and what's also going to be really interesting is that um, the Midway podcast in that Aussie Open may well end up happening um, whilst I am actually in <laughs> Australia. So, uh, so that'll be a, a fun one for me. But um, yeah, we'll we'll still be carrying on the podcast um, as as normal. So we'll we'll leave it there for today. Um, thank you, Luke, for for joining me. Thanks, and yeah, make make sure you follow the uh, the Twitter account at Serving Up Clutch because. Hopefully we will be putting out some some tweets this week, like the Demon Oil one. So yeah, some extra yeah. extra tips you can get. On. And in in the same vein, um, uh, obviously we are becoming a little bit more active on on all sorts of social media. So we've got our website as well, um, www.servinguptclutch.com or .co.uk even. Um, either will take you to the right place, and um, and we're going to have not necessarily daily articles, but we're we're going to be anything interesting that pops up, anything that I, I want to write in a bit more depth about, all completely free. Um, most other sites obviously charge you for that, but but we'll, we're still doing it for free right now. So, so yeah, please do give us a, uh, a follow on Twitter, as Luke says, at Serving Up Clutch, or on the website, give us a read. Okay, uh, so once again, nice to, to have spoken to you, Luke, and we'll, we'll call it a day there. So thank you very much.